0: I've learned a lot of things. You know, you start off as a baby Christian, and of course, I knew nothing. Like, that following Sunday, they told me to bring a change of clothes and that I was getting baptized. I had no idea what that meant. Like, (laughs) no, like, I didn't know what that meant of being saved. Why why was you dunking me in water just because (laughs) I cried at a youth camp? Like, I did not understand Uh. that.
1: We are all saved the same way but each of our stories are different. This is my Grace Life Story, a series of podcasts where members of Grace Life Church of the Shoals share their stories of redemption and grace. Here now is Senior Associate Pastor, Matt Fowler. Welcome to another episode of My Grace Life
2: Story. I'm here today with Brother Tim Martin, who's working all of our technical aspects today, and we are sitting with Grant and Kayla Tarasco. So, morning, guys. So glad that you are here. Thanks for being a part of our podcast today. Uh, I always like to start these off by just asking you guys to introduce yourselves and just tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, your family life, things of that sort. And so, Grant, we'll start with you. Just introduce yourself, a few facts about who you are and what you do, and then Kayla will do the same with you. All right.
3: My name is Grant Tarasco I'm from Franklin County. Uh, we live in a small community called Belgreen. I'm a firefighter in Rustville. Got a few side jobs I do on the side, just like every other fireman. Yep. Um, got two children. Been married to Kayla for nine years. Been at Grace Life probably about five years now.
2: Yeah. All right. Good deal. All right. Kayla, same with you. Just introduce yourself a little bit about you.
0: I'm Kayla Tarasco, and I just, I'm a stay at home mom with my kids. Um, I do a little um, self employment bookkeeping on the side right now. And I just enjoy my life with my kids. All
2: right. Tell us a little bit about your kids. How old are they? What are their names?
0: Claire is six. Right. And Ian is 20 months. He'll be two in December. And they're just full of life and fun, and yeah. Claire's got keep lots you busy, of questions. Right? So, oh, yes, yeah. <laughs> definitely keep me busy, especially the boy. Just keep them alive, keep them alive.
2: Yep, I got you. All right, well, good. Well, uh, if you guys uh, don't mind as well, I'd like for you to share a little bit about just your testimony. When you came to know the Lord and, and how the Lord drew you to himself, granted you repentance and faith. And so give us a little bit of background just on your conversion testimony, and Grant, we'll let you begin again for us.
3: Sure. Um, I was raised in church, um, had great family, uh, went to the same church for probably 25 years before okay. yeah. I came here. Great parents, very faithful. Dad was a deacon. Mom was a Sunday school teacher. Right. She served, um, she cooked meals on Wednesday nights and yeah. just very, Amen. very fa- very faithful and um, just great parents. Um, I was... Uh, Made a first profession when I was about nine years old. It's okay. about in ninety seven.
2: Was this a Baptist church? That you it was. In? Okay. All yes. Right.
3: Gotcha. Yep. Yeah. It was a revival meeting. I think it was uh, like a week long revival. Right. I remember the the passage was on Wheat and Tears. Okay. And that was the that yeah. was like the evangelist's that, that go to probably been
2: preached a lot for yeah, revival that, meetings. That, yeah. That that was yeah. his
3: go to you know right. message. And I think there was probably twenty of us that went up front. So we. We did the deal, did the you know, repeated the prayer and went right. back and you know, the next week I was baptized. I went to went to school the next day, told everybody I was saved. Yeah. You know, didn't really have a clue what I was saved from. Right. Um, didn't understand the gospel, but I I told everybody I was saved. Right. You know, I was right. I was told myself I was saved. Right. Actually I looked last night, I still had my old Bible, um, it's an NIV they were telling everybody to write it, write it down, write write your date down. I I actually showed Kayla last night. I still had it. That trucked on. And, uh, for many years, I just held on to that assurance that, you know, I was saved. I I checked the box. I did it. Yeah. It wasn't until I was, uh, about a senior in high school. I started hanging out with some, some good brothers that were going to our church. I I could tell there was something different about these guys than, than myself. You know, I, I was just a good little Baptist, you know, kid, right. you know, that came to everything, did every event. But these guys were different. You know, they mm-hmm. when they prayed, you know, there was there was fervence and you know, there was a there was a different spirit about them. I started hanging out with those guys a lot and started realizing that I wasn't truly saved. Um that I I, I had assurance in something that was false basically. Mm-hmm. Didn't understand the gospel, you right. know, didn't understand my sin in light of it, didn't understand the true God. Hmm. Actually, we we got connected to, to Grace Life by the True Church Conference, started going there a little bit, started listening to sermons on, you know, Brother Jeff had spoke and, right. and started actually reading the Bible for myself. Hmm. It was one night I was at home, I was senior in high school, and um, I just became convicted of my sins before God, um, hmm. and actually seeing myself in light of who he was. Right. And that night I just, I felt like God saved me. Yeah. Um, Amen. He changed me. I, I understood the gospel and understood that, that what he accomplished through the gospel. Right. And then I can, I can always kind of, from there on, it, it was kind of a gradual change okay. in my life. I met Kayla. Few years later and uh, we, we started realizing that the church we was going to it wasn't as biblical as it as it needs to be right not knocking that church or sure, anything sure. but, you know we we our families still go there yeah. and uh, good brothers still go there but, right and we we kind of we like the expository preaching also we yeah. I've always been a fan of John MacArthur and his right you know my grandparents always gave us a new study Bible every few years Hmm. from John MacArthur and, uh, really appreciated that type of preaching. And, uh, and we had Claire and we, we really, we were seeing some things that we, we didn't agree with, you know, spiritually and uh, theologically. And so we, we made the move. We knew grace life was just a solid, you know, great place to be and great brothers. And we had visited, you know, during church to church conference and, so it's just it was just a great fit for us, and it's right. just been been a blessing yeah. being here with Good. great brothers and sisters. Yeah.
2: Amen. Let me rewind a little bit back to something that you said, Grant, just as a part of your testimony there, when you you meet these these brothers that uh, you know while you're in high school there, and you realize oh, okay, there's something different here, you know, with what these guys have with the Lord and and what I have. Did did you did you have any conversations with those guys? Did you say? I mean, did you did you let them know? Hey, I'm kind of struggling. I, you know, it seems like. You guys have some reality of Christ. I, I made a decision. I'm not sure that I'm where you are. Did you did you maybe talk to your parents about that any, or was this more of just kind of a inwardly you're asking those questions? How, how did that play itself out in your life?
3: No, actually, we were big into camping, and uh, actually a couple of the brothers, we went to Bankhead several times, and okay. we were out there just having several conversations, like you said, and it just... You know, they would tell them. They would advise me. You know, read through First John. You know, read right. through yeah. these passages. And you know, if you're dealing with this kind of stuff, you know, they're they're kind of giving me guidance right. on where to go. And uh, it was just by the, God's grace and just His Word that, yeah. you know, He just changed me.
0: Yeah.
2: Amen. Um, so. Obviously, I and I can relate to your testimony a little bit, Grant, because I'm I'm, I'm kind of like you. I had made a decision, and I was here at, at Grace Life even at the time as a as a young person and was baptized. I had I think you used the words, did the deal. I, I had kind of done the deal as well, but like you, I was unconverted there. So I, I know I kind of struggled a little bit once the Lord began to really, you know, through a work of His Spirit, convict me of my sin. I, I had a lot of just questions about. Man, so what is this? I mean, you know, I, I, thought I, had, I thought I had done all that I needed to do, you know. And then the Lord started really convicting me of my sin and showing me that I was lost. You know, it was a particular sermon preached by Brother John O. Sims that the Lord used to really show me that I was unrighteous before him. And so it was really kind of unsettling in my life, uh, you know, because for years I had just kind of trusted that I had prayed the sinner's prayer. I had been baptized. I was attending youth events. You know, I was doing all of this stuff. And then all of a sudden, you know, the Holy Spirit just hit me like a ton of bricks one night with First Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9. And so, you know, was it the same way for you? Is that a bit unsettling? You know, made this decision. You, you've kind of lived the good Baptist life, I guess maybe we could call it. And then all of a sudden, now the Lord begins to, to stir in your heart and soul. I mean, did you kind of have that same unsettling effect? I know that was true of my life.
3: Yeah, it's like you just revealed everything. Yeah. You know, everything was revealed. and. For for many years, I just been sold a bill of good. Basically, I mean, I just wasn't, you know, didn't understand the gospel. Didn't really understand who God was in the Bible, and just, you know, just topical sermon after topical sermon, never really getting in the text and, you know, understanding the truth behind everything. Right. And that's kind of what happened.
2: Yeah. Amen. Good. Uh, Caleb. What about you? A little bit about your testimony, if you would.
0: Well, mine's a little different. I did not grow up in church, so there was no church background, no scriptures that I knew. My parents, I mean, they were good moral people, of course. They told us not to lie, cheat, steal, that kind of stuff. But once I got in high school, I had a friend whose dad was a pastor, and we've been friends for a few years, so she kind of shared the gospel with me. When we was freshmen, I was 15, she invited me to a youth camp with her church. Um, it was a winter retreat in the backwoods of Vina, Alabama, okay. yeah. in Franklin County at Camp McMurray. Y'all just cover all of Franklin
2: County. You got Belgrave, you got Russell, yes. you got Vina. I mean, just all over the place.
0: We got ties all over. <laughs> so, I mean, I was an introvert. I did not like to go and especially be away from home. I'm a homebody. and But for some reason, I just felt a pull to go. So yeah. I was like, I'm going to step outside my comfort zone. I'm going to go with my friends. We're going to have fun. So I went, and the first night they— kind of covered you know we're sinners we need Jesus to cover our sins you have to repent from your sins to be saved and it wasn't like an in-depth study or anything but I was kind of like I had always felt like I was good morally and everyone was telling me I was a good person but like in my heart I didn't feel like a good person I was I felt evil a lot even though I didn't do anything really evil outside but I guess my thoughts in my heart I was just never felt like a good person sure So that night they played, it was actually the music was going on. I don't even know what they were singing, but they had a video of Jesus dying on the cross in the video and just seeing him being nailed up on that cross, like something just broke in me. Like it just hit me like a ton of bricks, like in front of all these strangers, I just start bawling and crying and not understanding what's going on within me. But just just the thoughts of this man dying for my sins and the things that I knew I had been carrying. And so I had run out the back. I just had to get away from all the strangers. <laughs> and one of the teachers come back and she's like, oh, this is the Lord working in you. You're, you're right. saved. You're a new person now. And she's like, but you have to repeat this prayer. So she right. she pulled out the prayer and we prayed it. And she shared some scriptures with me. And we went in through that weekend and learning the gospel and Going through the sermons, and I mean, my interest was like 100%. I was like latched yeah. on to this word. Yeah. Like, I was staying I mean, up till 3 a.m. in this cabin wow. with my flashlight trying to read the Bible. And we get back to the church, and of course, I'm 15 years old, so I have to get my mom and dad on board to take me to the church, right, you know, right. so I can learn more because I was just, I wanted to learn more of the gospel. and. So, they started bringing me, and I started attending youth things, and I joined the church, and they ended up getting saved and joined the church later on. So, that was, I guess, the beginning of the testimony. But just through the years, like, I've learned a lot of things. You know, you start off as a baby Christian, and of course, I knew nothing. Like, that following Sunday, they told me to bring a change of clothes and that I was getting baptized. I had no idea what that meant. Like, no, I, like, I didn't know what that meant of being saved. Why Why was you dunking me in water just because I cried at a youth camp? Like, I did not understand that. That is why I think it's so great that Grace Life counsels the people that are saved. Right. Because just because we live in the Bible Belt does not mean that people know even the basis of the gospel and what being baptized means and what truly being saved from your sin means, you know, and just... That counsel, I think, is just amazing, Yeah. because coming from that and getting dunked in some water that I knew nothing about, nobody right. even said, like, okay, you're washed from your sins. I yeah. mean, it was just like, you just got dunked in front of these people. It was like, <laughs> congratulations, <laughs> you're a family now. I had no idea what well, that, that meant.
2: That was one thing I was going to ask. So, you know, obviously, you not being churched, you know, up until this point, did, did you— uh, I mean, had you ever heard any inkling of the gospel, or was that just were you kind of just a blank slate when it came to Jesus, his his, uh, his work on the cross? What what was that like for you as a young it child? It was
0: pretty much a blank slate. I mean, I knew who Jesus was. I would go spend the night with friends and their parents. We'd go to church on Sunday, okay. so occasionally, you know, maybe. In the 15 years I was alive, maybe 10, 11 times I'd been to a church, you know, so I got some of the inkling of Jesus was the son of God and he died for your sins and the creation and kind of the the children's Bible stories with Noah, but I never understood what that fully meant. And even spending at that church that I joined, that's where I met Grant and I spent almost 10 years there and I still, all through that time, I I mean, I learned and I grew, but until I came to Grace Life, I didn't fully understand how the gospel from the Old Testament to the New Testament all pointed right. to Christ, yeah. how it all connected and yeah. how that all affects your, even the Old Testament, I mean, that affects your walk right. and how you live and His promises that He fulfilled and all that. Yeah. And I didn't understand that till then. So, right. I mean, I was a baby Christian. I mean, it was a clean slate for me until... Just growing in your knowledge, but when we came to Grace Life, that's what I was telling Grant just last weekend. It was just a transformation, like in in knowledge, because you first you got that. Preaching through the Gospels, you know, you didn't get the topical sermons. You got that expository preaching and seeing how things connected. And right. it's different. You read, sure, you read through the Gospels yourself, but just these people that is years more mature than you in your walk and just teaching you that. Right. Is.
2: Yeah.
0: It was really good. It yeah. still is really good. Yeah. That's Amen. why we drive yeah. forty good. minutes yeah, every Sunday yeah. with two small
2: children. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're glad it's still good, right? <laughs> yes. We want it to remain that way. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. So, so, uh, so you guys, uh, you'd been married. Did you say about five years before you come to Grace Life? Is that right, or did I hear that wrong? Yes. Yeah, so, that
0: yeah. four. Yeah. Okay. Okay, yeah. Sure.
2: All right. So, so you're you're still, you know, at that point, still fairly newlyweds. What what was it like to transition churches? Was that a difficult thing, or was that a pretty, hey, this is where God's got us, here we go? I mean, you know, what was that like? What were the discussions like between you guys, and how did all that unfold?
3: Well, of course, I mean, leaving a church, you've been there for 20 years. Right. You know, yeah, Yeah.
2: because you basically had grown up in exactly, the church, right? So, yeah,
3: and, and know all the people by name, yeah, literally. And absolutely. you come here, and it's like, you know, I still don't know some people. So <laughs> Yeah. Amen. it's yeah. been an adjustment on that aspect of right. just the amount of people. right. Um, You went from a church that averaged probably what 125, 100 on a Sunday morning, right? um, To what 750, 800 now. So that that's been a change. Um, It it was tough leaving. We had a meeting with the pastor, and uh, you know, a lot of uh, questions come up. You Mm -hmm. know, why are you leaving? You know, why? You know, what did we do wrong? You know, basically that type. Trying to be honest. Trying to be you know, trying to go with our convictions on what we right. believe, and sure it, it was definitely tough it was a it was a hard well that whole year when we was thinking about leaving, it was a really hard year yeah
2: that, that, did you guys did you have kids yet? Um, we at had this
3: point? we had one One. Yeah, and, and, okay,
2: so and how old was she?
0: She was four months when we came here so okay. she, we was pregnant, and she was just being born when we was thinking yeah. about Complain, considering all leaving, all things, yes, and, it had been. Yeah. We stayed probably a year, a year and a half, just contemplating going back and forth and praying over it, because it was such a hard decision to leave, because that's your family. I mean, that's your church family, and you don't want to be the one that jumps churches. And my parents went there, you know, they joined, and his parents, and just his sister. I mean, and the church became your family. Like, my family, nobody else was saved, so that was your family, and... But I think having Claire and knowing, okay, we have this child that's going to grow up under this, right? like, and what they're teaching her and what she's taught, you know, that we is, God gave her to us right. to guide and train up. And this is probably not the best place we need to do this. Right. Um, and when we met with that pastor, um, we had a conversation just about like some of the things that was being taught that he even didn't agree with Mm -hmm. but he felt like compelled that he should preach that and he had told us he had a five-year plan and I thought well I have a baby you know in five (laughs) years she's gonna understand more you know I need it to change now so that was kind of I think the the moment that was the final moment where we was like okay we we have to visit somewhere else you know
2: yeah gotcha so, so when you come to Grace Life, I, I don't know how many of you may remember your first time at Grace Life. I mean, did you guys come to just a service or did you come to small groups as well? It, what was, of course I know you kinda, you'd been to a true church conference so you're familiar with Grace Life, but when you kind of, okay, God's led us here and we've, we've had a meeting with our pastor. It looks like we're going to be transitioning to a new church. What, what was kind of your first time here at Grace Life? In this moment where you're thinking, okay, we're looking for a new local church, uh, what, what was that like for you guys?
3: Yeah, so we, okay. when we started coming, which we already knew a couple of the families that were right. here. So we kind of, you know, we, we got in with them and started hanging out with them okay. while they, while we were here. and
2: Who who are those families? Uh, the Keels. Okay, All Right. yeah. Um,
3: Askew's yeah. and
2: uh, the Franklin County connection, yeah, it's right? still, yeah. still floating this way, yeah, yeah, yeah I got you pretty good. much,
3: yeah. We got connected with the uh couples class, okay, and started hanging out there. And of course, David Young kind of you know, after that went on about a year, he kind of guided us towards oh, yeah, like, yeah, you know, individual right. uh, small group classes, which was good, right? But yeah, that was that was kind of the start. We went straight into couples and okay. kind of Got to know several families, and right. it was— Were the
2: Kills helping lead the couples class at that time? I know they've done that some. I can't remember. They were. The guys, they were. so they were in there. Who, who else—do you remember the other leaders—
0: Rob and Malina. Okay, and Rob right. and okay. yes. Yeah,
2: all right, good. Yeah, yeah. they had they had several year run there in that couples <laughs> class, I remember. So, so you know, the, the church you guys were attending, did they have a small groups that were structured similar to ours, or did that look a little different? So I, I guess what I'm asking was the small group stuff, was that a different feel for you guys as far as church life was concerned?
3: Well, the small groups here were, I mean, right off the bat, we could tell it was like more intentional. They okay. were just, you know, it was just a— at our old church, it was just like a general, typical, you know, Sunday school where you just, you had a random curriculum you went through. Right. And, and, and coming from there to here, we could tell it was like drastically different. Right. Um, it was intentional. You know, everything was, you know, planned out. You know, it structured very well. You know, it was really thought out. Right. And we really appreciated that. That's, that's one thing right off the bat. We were like, Wow. We had never experienced this. And yeah.
0: it's kind of funny because I can attest to this because Julie Kill was my Sunday school teacher at our old church okay. for years. All right. yeah. You know, at a small country church like that, you know, you have like 18 to 40-year-olds in the right. same class, women's right. class. But she taught me there for years, and then they had come a few years before us to Grace Life. But then sitting in her small group class again at Grace Life, it's just the structure that they have and just the um, responsibility that they give their teachers. You know, mm-hmm. they hold them accountable. There's accountability right. there. And so even though I had the same teacher, you could still see the structure was so much better right. and helpful for the teachers yeah. too.
2: All right. So, so you come to a small group. Of course you got some families here that you know, and you're connected to, but then, you know, both of you guys have mentioned expository preaching. So, so talk to me a little bit about expository preaching and how the Lord has used expository preaching in your lives. Obviously, that's something that we value here at Grace Life. Uh, pretty much anyone who's going to be in our pulpit is going to, to be doing exposition 99% of the time, you know, maybe a few times where we hit some topical <laughs> stuff here and there. But, um, you know, how has God used expository preaching in you guys' lives just to grow you in your walk with the Lord and to mature you in your relationship with Christ?
3: Well, I was born in California, so my grandparents were big fans of John MacArthur. Yeah. So and that's what I mentioned before, I got a new Bible every few years, right. you know. Yeah. A new study Bible. Right. But, so I was kind of familiar with that type okay. of preaching. Yeah. And uh once I f- God finally changed my heart and I was saved, I started being drawn to that type of preaching mm. a lot more. Yeah, I mean, um, just verse by verse, you know, line by line. And I was just amazed how much truth you can get out of the context of what yeah. you're going through, and right. and just learn so much more by listening to, to preachers and and we just we just kind of wanted somewhere where we fit in in that type of you know scene. Um, so Grace Life was really the only you know locally right. expository preaching church that we we knew about, and, you Yeah, know, there's several churches that probably from time to time go through a book, but, right. and we were just familiar with that aspect. So we just kind of fit in here. Yeah.
2: Amen. Kayla, you want to add anything to that?
0: Well, so. just for me having, you know, no church background prior to being saved and then coming to Grace Life, and I didn't have that background of going through book to book. And so for me, it was like life changing because yeah. it was just I could fully see the gospel then. I could right. fully see how everything was connected and how Jesus' walk and how he ministered to others connected through his whole ministry while he was here on earth. Right. And so for me, it was just my growth as a Christian. It was life-changing for me.
2: Yeah, yeah it's. Uh, I, I'm kind of like you, Grant, in that, of course, I grew up here. Uh, didn't necessarily uh, have my connection. I guess everyone at Grace Life has knowledge of John MacArthur at this point, just because, you know, we've looked to Grace Community Church in California as as something of a model that we could learn from. But, you know, you you grow up hearing exposition. I mean, that's, you know, when I came here in about second grade, that Brother Jeff was an expositor at that point, right? And so I'm thankful for that, even though God didn't save me until, you know, I was around 17 years of age. I, I did at least grow up with this uh, storehouse of exposition. Uh, even as a lost kid, you know, you, you heard verse by verse, you heard line by line. That's kind of how I learned to study the Bible, right? I, I learned that by listening to Brother Jeff and seeing other men that would preach expositional, uh, expository sermons. And, and so uh, that was kind of just when the Lord saved me, it was like, okay, now, yeah, now. And so, uh, but Kayla, it's good to hear from a, a perspective of someone who didn't really grow up with that on, on how different exposition of God's Word can be, Uh, and and as far as connecting the dots and and letting you see how all of these things unfold in God's redemptive plan, uh, you know, there's just really no substitute for expository preaching. Um, You know, it it unveils the text each week to us, right? And it shows us how this week's text was connected to last week's, and then that will unfold a little bit further into next week's, and so absolutely, it's good to hear that because God's Word is life-changing. Uh, there when we when we hear it and we hear it week in and week out and that's the diet that we have of it. So so tell me a little bit. So now you've got um, you, you you've been here for a few years now and obviously uh, you know you you've got a, a child that's in school now and, and got your second child now. So how, how has how has God's work through Grace Life Church, the, the preaching of His Word, the small groups, how's that affected how you do family life? I mean, you guys are uh, you got young kids now, so you're very much in the thick of that. So h- how does the ministry that you're receiving and that you're involved in here, you guys aren't just receivers, you're involved in serving at Grace Life, how, how does that affect how you do life together as husband and wife and as mom and dad in, in the Tarasco household?
3: Well, when we first came here, we were kind of cornered by David Young and David just courts people. You know? That's just that's
2: his ministry. That's which, his gift.
3: Which I needed it. I did. But uh he said, I'm gonna give y'all about a about a year to get in, get get settled in yeah. and and uh get familiar and then uh he said after that it's game on, basically. Yeah, yeah. And fortunately, you know, we got asked to serve in certain areas and uh of course we were just thrilled to be able to serve anywhere. Right.
2: So where did David plug you in first?
3: Well, we actually started, I think. Third, is it which which grade well, did we first? He start? had
0: a sub in, you know. Yeah, that we sub. sub. Okay, yeah. Once you yeah. sub, He's you kinda of do Yeah.
3: Breaking
0: you in, right? so. <laughs> That's the break in. So we yeah. sub for third grade, some
3: um, of course we did nursery also, right. right. Yes,
0: yeah, we got plugged into nursery pretty quick. But so that was like the start of it and then we sub for one year and then after that he plugged us into Sunday school classes. Okay. Grant with fourth grade boys and then with third grade girls All right. to begin with. All right. But the family life you know, just teaching these children, you get so much more structured being a teacher at Grace Life. Right. I mean, they have the book and the lessons planned out for you. If you need anything or any help, like there's, you know, a whole plethora of people you can contact right. and call the church office anytime, and they're always a big help for you. And Using that too, like just seeing that structure, you can use that in your home life, in your family life. So yeah. that's kind of yeah. what we've done, you know. We have our memory verses at home. We have our scripture or Bible story that we're going through right. at home. So it's kind of structured the same way as the small group children. Yeah. is structured at Grace Life, just because I've seen that, that, how good that was and fruitful right. for the children of the yeah. church.
2: Amen. So, so, what class are you helping with this year, Kayla?
0: Um, I have second graders second this grader. year with Kim Tittle. Okay, and, and Kim's she- like
2: all-star Absolutely, children's ministry yes. person. I've learned so. so
0: much from her. I mean, yeah. she has been doing it for years, so yeah. she...
2: I think she all of the Fowler kids well. have had Kim at one point or another. Yes, they're all know, on, our so. yeah. on our wall. Your
0: dog's on our wall. There
2: you go. So even the dog makes a <laughs> yes. so, Yeah, Kim does a great job. So, so what, what is your curriculum? What are you guys teaching in second grade?
0: Um, the promises of God in second all grade, right, so, so, so that God to, always keeps His promise.
2: Yeah, so talk to us a little bit about that. We, we use, uh, for years now in our children's department, we've used children desiring God. I think now they have a different name, Truth78, or something like that. But uh, we, we've tried, by God's grace, just to be real intentional about what we're giving our young people, and I know that's something that was very beneficial for, for my kids growing up here to hear some of these truths at a young age. So, so talk to us a little bit about that curriculum that you're doing in second grade on the promises of God. Is, is that, when you first dug into teaching, I know you've done some different grades, I don't know, I know the first time I looked at that curriculum, I was kind of amazed that, wow, Okay, yeah, so, so so, our young people are going to be getting this uh, there. So so, give me your reaction when you started working in the children's department.
0: Well, the first time I got the book, you know, when I taught our old church, you was just, you figured it out yourself. <laughs> there was no book you went by when right. I taught the children's um, area at the old church. So coming here, and then, then they handed me this book, I was like, well, okay, you know, yeah, I mean, a big, I had to study yeah, for a like book, right? four <laughs> hours on one lesson just to, uh, to be able for me to understand fully to teach the children it, because it's so in-depth and just yeah. so good and gospel-centered. And so this one is um, that God always keeps His promises. Right. So each week we'll go through um, a promise of God. You know, the first week we start with the that God promises He'll never flood the earth again. Okay. And then what that promise means them at that time but for us as believers today so it always takes even the old testament promises it always makes it into god's word is living and this is how we can apply Mm -hmm. these promises today and if he keeps his promises to all these people he will keep his promises to you yeah so it's really good yeah
2: Awesome. Yeah, I like it. Yes. So Grant are you still in fourth grade or are you doing something different now? No, I'm still
3: in fourth, so in fourth grade. So fourth
2: grade and that's with David Wigginton, yes, right? Sir. So that's one of our church elders here. So so what's your experience been like in teaching fourth grade boys?
3: Well, it's been been very I mean, it's been a blessing. Yeah. Um being with uh, what which he's an elder, of yeah. course, you know, it's yeah. kinda convicting at times. Yeah. You know, you get you get in front of an elder and start teaching God's word, somebody that's been it ratchets
2: know, that accountability level up. Yeah, leader, right? it kind of, yeah.
3: <laughs> and I, I kind of have to structure it my way. I have to sure. kind of type it up and be careful, you know, how—which, right. of course, you want to be. You know, yeah. it's God's Word. You want to yeah. accurately, you know, teach that. But just the just the opportunity to, to come in front of these fourth-grade boys yeah. is, man, it's just awesome. And, and seeing yourself in their shoes mm-hmm. when you were that, you know, age— yeah. And it's kinda of sobering and kinda of sad because when when I was going through I think there was like RAs and all kinds of stuff, sure, you know, yeah. going through right. Southern Baptist Church, um, you just there wasn't much importance on, on the gospel. There wasn't right. much importance on, you know, learning truth. Um yeah. it was more just topical, you know, type things, you know. You know, God is love, you know, this yeah. kind of stuff. Her kind was... of
2: lessons on morality. I, I can remember some of that I, I, I grew up in a different denomination before coming here, and we we had some we had some doozies of some lessons I can remember, but the even the ones that seemed to at least use the Bible, I think were more just moralistic. That I I didn't remember a real gospel emphasis in in my, my really young days in, right. in a different denomination, and so I maybe that's some of what you're hitting at exactly. as well there, yeah. So. And I
3: I try to remind these boys every every Sunday morning, you know, man, it's just it's a blessing y'all are here yeah. in this position, yeah. not not because I'm teaching, you know, right. not not because of that, just because of the the setting that the right. the elders and the brothers have set up here yeah. at the church and the the. Just the highness of right. of how we view scripture, yeah, and it wasn't that way when I was growing up right and uh just the opportunity to to be open to to teach mm-hmm. you know the full counsel, everything yeah. you know, Amen. and our curriculum's awesome yeah. um, so be, what
2: what is the fourth grade curriculum? it's to
3: be like Jesus okay. and you kind of go through the salvation road, right you spell out you know different words and right. the salvation and justification sanctification, you know glorification and yeah. We how, how do fourth
2: grade boys receive that? I mean, you know, when you talk about—I mean, you're talking about stuff that sometimes 40-year-old oh, folks yeah. have not—you know, not, that, not that they're against it, but sometimes they're just like, oh, well, I don't know if I want to—I mean, but how do fourth grade boys respond to justification and glorification and sanctification?
3: Most of them are pretty familiar. Yeah. Which is great. Yeah. You amen. know, um, which kind of shocked me my first few years. I was like, right. man, I didn't—I didn't know these terms until like 10 years ago. Right. You right. Know? Yeah. So— it's it's really amazing, yeah. um, and we spend a lot of time on sanctification, of mm-hmm. course, and going through that. And right. but most of them don't even blink an eye. They they yeah. know these terms, yeah. and they can if you ask them what it is, they can tell you right. exactly what it is. Yeah. Which, you know, most of them are lost, but yeah. they can tell you at least, yeah. amen, with amen. A, with a head knowledge of what it is. Right. Which is great because yeah. one day, hopefully, they do become Christians, and yeah. and they'll be you know. Yeah, again, our, head.
2: Yeah, our hope is always that as the, as the Lord, as those gospel seeds are planted, and then when the Spirit works upon their hearts uh, at some point in the future, that, that all of this treasury of Scripture and biblical principles and, and even the, the terms, you know, that, that God's Word uses there, that uh, all of a sudden those things just become alive to them, right? Because they've, they've, they've got those, they've heard those, they've learned those. Now uh, they're learning them right now and maybe the Lord hasn't changed their hearts, but when he does one day, they've got this great foundation from which to work and really launch out into their, their life with the Lord. And so, uh, you know, it's, uh, I, I appreciate both you guys and all of our children's workers, our preschool workers. Uh, it, it can be a labor sometimes down there. I can remember myself as a fourth grade boy and I, sure I was like any other fourth grade boy, probably like some of y'all. Sometimes I probably didn't listen. You know, David Young taught me in fourth grade, so you can ask him <laughs> how that was. Uh, but, you know, it's uh, you, you play the long game a little bit in the children's department knowing that, you know, hey, I may not see a lot of immediate fruit, you know, on any given Sunday, but... Uh, you know, I hope that you know, folks like you and all of our children's preschool student workers are encouraged every time they see someone baptized. You know, if they're sixteen, eighteen, twenty-one, twenty-four, you you had a hand in, in teaching some of those, and and you guys, the longer you're here, we'll see. Folks that come to know the Lord, and and hey, they might not have come to know the Lord in, in second grade girls' class or in fourth grade boys' class, but they might be a senior in high school, or they might be a freshman in college, and all of a sudden the Lord changes their heart. And somewhere along the line, you guys got to play a role in that, you know. And so it's this really neat picture, I, you know, maybe sometimes, you know, we boil people's conversion and the gospel down to just that one moment, you know, that wheat and tears sermon, like you know, you mentioned, you know, well, I came to the front, you know. But, but in reality, sometimes God is, is doing a lot of work in people's lives in, in ways that we don't always see. Now, we, we see it finally come to fruition when, when we see God change their heart and we see them make a public professional faith through baptism. We see them walking with the Lord. But, man, God's working in their lives at all those other points too, right? And so you guys, as well as all of those workers down in those areas, play a vital part in what God's doing in the lives of our young people. So, uh do you guys see yourself—I mean, is, is children's where you, where you see yourself long-term, or uh, what do you guys think? At some point—of course, it may be up to David Young and Nathan Mangrum cornering you again and saying, <laughs> Hey, we got another job for you, right? But uh, is that something you guys just really enjoy, or do you see yourself maybe doing some other type of ministry at some point in the future?
3: I mean, I don't know about Kayla, but I'm, I'm thankful to be down there. Yep. And, um, just the opportunity to teach you know, young kids, is, it's been a blessing for me. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. I've always— felt a calling to towards children. Like they okay. just have just a special place in my heart. But I'll never forget my second year teaching down there. Nathan Magram had come up to our classroom and we had like a huge group that year. It was kinda of hard to corral them all and right. to teach them, get everyone to pay attention. But I'll never forget him telling me. In the children's area, this is the one part of the church that you can teach and plant seeds to mainly lost people. Yeah. I mean just you could pretty much count almost every single one of those children don't fully understand their sin enough to be saved right. and are lost. Yeah. And that just really hit me and I mean I prayed for the children's salvation then but with that quote with him I mean every Sunday I teach I still think of that moment of right. the, him saying that and just just praying for those children. We pray every Sunday out loud for them specifically right. and then Just during my week, just praying for them that, you know, when you do get to see them be baptized and saved, that it just, you're so thankful for God. You just can just sing the praises for that because you've seen the fruit building up to that. Yeah,
2: yeah. Amen.
1: Now, as somebody who came from a home where you didn't have that, does that give you an extra burden in your heart ready for those kids who come out of homes like that?
0: Oh, absolutely, yes. And it makes me more understandable to some of the kids that come that don't know the justification and the salvation and the just the terms and the gospel itself, you know, that when they're sitting there in Sunday school and they get this deep theology pushed on them and, you know, taught to them that they... They don't fully understand that. They're kind of sitting there at a loss, and I just have such a heart for that because I understand where they're coming from, and I I get. <laughs> you
2: that, go back to that, that baptism can, where it was like, "What are they doing to me here? They're putting me in water." Yes, so. yes,
0: I can see. I can just see it in their eyes, and you know that can allow me to. I always try to, if I have some in the class that's not always come to grace life, you know, I always try to have some visuals or something to reflect back to in a worldly way that they can see, you know, how the gospel how that piece of the gospel can reflect in their lives.
3: Yeah,
2: so definitely. Well, you, the Lord is obviously using you guys to make an impact down there, and I appreciate your labor for the gospel's sake and for the for the good of these kids uh, down there. Thank you for what you do. So, let let me, let me ask you this: maybe all, on a little different angle, you guys are making an impact in fourth grade boys and second grade class. But well, what about? Are there some people here at Grace Life that God's used just to make an impact in you guys' lives? To maybe a special discipleship relationship that you had, uh, you know, a married couple or, or a, a group of men, a group of ladies that God just. You know, at some point over the years, it's just man. You know, God just used those people in my life. Uh, anyone like that here at Grace Life that you guys can can think of off the top of your head?
3: Well, I I had knew Jody okay. know, before, right? So he's kind of he, he was kind of in my life a lot before yeah. we came to Grace Life, right? So we've had lunch together before and uh awesome. and uh, talked about life and talked about children. And yeah, mainly mainly it was it was just a handful because we're we're just. Naturally quite introverts. Yeah. And, okay. Uh, yeah. So it's kind of been an adjustment. Right. But Martin Davis, you know, he's a yeah. he's a great guy and great family yeah. and,
2: and And Martin and them are kinda of like you guys. I mean you got y'all drive forty minutes. I don't know what their drive is, probably a little longer because they come all the way from Mississippi, you know, yes. to get over here. Yeah.
3: So Yeah. Yeah, it's it's great getting to know these families that just man, they're just light years ahead of me, yeah. just some in some areas. Yeah. And it, it just iron sharpens iron on that yeah. aspect of it. Yeah.
0: yeah. And I think yeah. of David and Rhonda Young, too, okay. because being the introverted and coming to this big church, I mean, it was very intimidating. Right. And David didn't take no for an answer. Like, if he <laughs> invited you to his house, you know, like, yeah. and so that was so good for us getting to go to his house and fellowship and just um, them teaching us and helping lead us and just making us feel welcomed into the church. That was uh, some more people that was huge, I said. But, of course, Jody and Julie, Keel's probably our biggest ones just right. because they was there through... Engagement and right. you know through our whole lives. I mean, we just grew they, up they with them. Yeah,
2: they've seen y'all grow up a little bit. Yes, right? I worked so, with yeah. Jody,
0: so like in like the, the when we're thrown into the world, you know, he's right. a pharmacist, so being thrown into the world of pharmacy and right. the customers you get, you yeah. know, just seeing how different you know a Christian responds to those people versus yeah. a non-Christian yeah. is. So they're definitely the the biggest. Yeah. and Amen. then Kim Tittle for me, of course, right. getting to teach with her. She's taught. Over twelve years, I know
2: down yeah. there so yeah, yeah. amen I, you know I always think of Titus chapter two when we think of church life I know there's a lot of text I guess that we could turn to, but you know in Titus chapter two it starts off by by emphasizing the importance of sound doctrine and uh, you know we've talked about expository preaching and and how that you know gives you sound doctrine and it really just unfolds the Word of God for us there and so that's vital in any church life right and you guys have mentioned The role that it played and just how much, uh, you know, grant for you for a long time. And then, Kayla, as you kind of got introduced to it, how it's been such a blessing to you to receive sound doctrine through expository preaching. But then uh, you you roll into the next phase of Titus chapter 2, and it's it's about relationships in the local church, right? And you have older men with younger men and older women with younger women. And, uh, you know, those relationships sound relationships, maybe we could call them to go along with that sound doctrine, those sound relationships also help us to grow in our walk with the Lord, right? And so it's always encouraging to me, I hope it's encouraging to you guys as well, to hear that both of those things are interacting with your walk with the Lord here at Grace Life. From the pulpit, you get the preaching side of it, but but then you also have these relationships with folks that, that aren't just... You know, hey, I see him on Sunday. But but even if you know you, you worked with Jody some there, and they've been a part of your life even before you got to Grace Life. Uh, they're so the the life on life sort of relationships that you get small groups, and then just as you know people here, and you know the, I guess you could look at those and say, well, those are. Those are just kind of ordinary things because they are, and yet those ordinary things are what God has given us in the church to help us grow in our walk with Him and to see us uh, mature as disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, guys, we're thankful that you guys are here at Grace Life, Uh, thankful to hear some of your Grace Life story today, how you came here, how you've grown here, how God's using you here at Grace Life. You're not just coming and receiving and sitting on a pew. You're you're out there serving the Lord, serving the church body. And so that's awesome to hear. So appreciate you guys being willing to talk with us today and share your Grace Life story with us. And of course, it's continuing on. So we pray the Lord continues to use you guys in all sorts of different ways here at Grace Life Church. Thank you,
3: guys. Absolutely.
1: We hope you'll join us again next week for another episode of My Grace Life Story as members of Grace Life Church of the Shoals share their stories of redemption and grace. To find out more, visit gracelifeshoals.org. This podcast is a production of Grace Life Media.